here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, The uh, person or people who are involved in uh, planning these bombs uh, need to be found as quickly as possible to get some resolution here. Because the speculation is already beginning. It's like after a mass shooting, it just can't stop. And the speculation is being promoted in the media and by politicians. And that's who always promotes the speculation. It's a deadly serious matter. I underline the word deadly. Deadly. We've talked about the rise in violence in this country and our concern about it, about Antifa and Black Lives Matter and about attacking public officials and restaurants. And we've said over and over somebody's going to get hurt. Now, we have no idea who's behind this. We have no idea of the quote-unquote political affiliation of the people behind it. We know all of those targeted are Democrats and CNN. That we know. But why comment beyond that? Because we don't know anything else. And yet, that's what's taking place now. And there's something really grotesque about the media in this country going on and on today about the heated rhetoric, the hateful rhetoric. Do the media in this country understand that they are leading the charge on the heated and hateful rhetoric? Do you know... Yesterday alone, Donald Trump, I counted four, four times was compared to Adolf Hitler on MSNBC and CNN. Six times he was called a racist. And that they they want to know if Donald Trump is responsible for the heated and hateful and divisive rhetoric that's going on. Did Donald Trump compare somebody to Adolf Hitler? And he's called a racist all the time. So the media do not hold the high moral ground. The media do not hold the high moral ground. In lecturing the people of the United States about the rhetoric. Schumer and Pelosi put out a joint statement today. They don't hold the high moral ground on this. I hate to get into this, but it's going on all around us. What am I supposed to do? Ignore it? Now, this is a very, very serious matter. And we need to know as soon as possible who or whom is responsible for this. That's what we need to know. But we don't need lectures from the media. As soon as this story began to break, and more and more of these packages were, were uncovered, It was obvious. Read between the lines and now the lines are becoming more and more bold on where the media are going with this. They can't help themselves. CNN received one of these packages. 
It's outrageous that they received a package. Am I wrong, Mr. Producer? Didn't somebody try to break into the Fox local channel in Washington, D.C. yesterday with a weapon? And they were shot? I mean, somebody was actually shot. I get death threats. Rush gets death threats. Hannity gets death threats. But I know I get death threats. It's not fun. It's not fun. And you worry about your family. You worry about you. You look over your shoulder from time to time. It's not because you're paranoid. Just you have to be a little bit more careful. But when Antifa was out there, and Antifa is filled with violence, it's the most violent organization I'm aware of in politics today. It was downplayed by most of the media. Downplayed. Same with Black Lives Matter. Downplayed. And I'm not saying this is exclusive to the left. Not saying it's exclusive to the left at all. We want to know who did this as soon as possible. And I believe the FBI will figure this out because nothing exploded. So they have these uh, these packages and these devices uh, in their uh, original form, which will make it much easier for them to track it down. They'll they'll get the guy or gal, the guys or gals. At least I hope so. I think so. Based on my past experience at the Department of Justice. They have a ton of evidence now. And they're going to be able to use different uh, methods of tracking this down. And they begin to pull strings, and then the strings begin to pull the fabric, and the fabric begins to unravel, and then they, they're able to track people down. But they need to find this person or these people, because they may do it again. They may do more of it. That's all we know. We don't know their motives. We don't know their motives. Well, we know the motive, obviously, is to threaten, if not harm, if not kill, the people they targeted. But there's a lot of speculation out there now. Why? Why can't people just wait, particularly in the media? Now, you can see the crescendo building that somehow this is Donald Trump's fault because the way he goes and speaks at rallies and the language he uses about this, that, or the other... I am so sick of this, you have no idea. The President of the United States, without question, faces death threats all the time. Is it because what the Democrats say about him? Is it because what Joe Scarborough says about him? Or Don Lemon says about him? Or Steve Colbert says about him? The other day, the President said a rally. He's in a rally, I think it was Houston, and he says he's a nationalist. Well, I'm not a nationalist, but not for the reasons the Democrats on the left say. He's a nationalist. Now, we know what he means. America first and so forth. And they try and tie it to Nazism. Or to Mussolini. Or to Stalin. This is in the media. National Socialist Party. Notice when people proclaim that they're socialists, they don't try to tie them to the Nazis. It is nationalist, socialist, right? They didn't say that about Bernie Sanders. Hey, he's using Nazi language. He's using Stalinist language. 
No, of course not. Most of the media in this country, they've revealed themselves. So for them now to sit back, for the most radical among them on cable TV, on MSNBC, on CNN, for the most radical among them on the Today Show and Good Morning America, for the most radical among them to now point a finger at Trump, who had absolutely nothing to do with this, is really just further evidence of how outrageous they are. The person or people who are responsible for this are responsible for this. Are responsible for this. Do you think the media in this country over the last two years have been responsible? Do you think the media in this country over the last two years have been measured? Do you think the media in this country... Many in the media in this country have crossed the line with their references to Hitler and Stalin and racism and all the rest of it. Do you think Joe Scarborough has crossed the line or Mika Brzezinski or Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo and the list goes on and on? Do you think they've crossed the line with their heated rhetoric, with their poison language? And now... They're going to tell you, shh, calm down, stop the rhetoric. The heated attacks, we must bring it down. It's too much. Having stoked the flames, now they're the firefighters. And same with Pelosi, the things that she has said. And same with Schumer, the things that he has said. And the things that they did to a guy like Kavanaugh, to a guy like Kavanaugh. To create the tensions in this society and the anger in this society. Do they have any responsibility for it? Well, if Donald Trump does, surely they do. I'll be right back. Not just in radio, but period, is Dan Bongino. He was a big help the last few weeks, too. He's got a beautiful book out there, a terrific book, Spygate, The Attempted Sabotage of Donald J. Trump. I cannot recommend it strongly enough, and we will link to it. And I was not on the air when it was released, so we'll bring uh, Dan back to talk about it. But Dan, former Secret Service, former NYPD, nobody better to talk about this than anybody else. You've been watching the coverage. What do you make of this? Well, Mark, it seems like a very amateurish operation. I mean, just look at some of the hallmarks of these devices that were sent. I mean, number one is the obvious one, Mark. Um, None of them, thank God, um, actually detonated and and, and exploded. Again, thank the Lord that happened, um, but certainly not the hallmarks of of, of someone with experience in uh, in this space. But other things as well, Mark, which seem to indicate one of only two possible options. It was either a really amateurish operation or someone seemingly wanted to get caught um, outside of them not detonating. Also, when you look at the photographs we've seen of the devices, Mark, you see uh, just hallmarks of, 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 of just a rookie type behavior, like excessive postage, which is uh, all, I mean, it's all over the front of it. You see the, the pronounced type on the, uh, on the label. 
you know, if you're trying to secrete a device into a mail system to, God forbid, detonate in front of a mail handler or the target, you don't use type that's going to draw attention to the package. You see the um, one other thing, Mark. They had a, one of the packages was addressed to John Brennan at CNN. Well, I mean, John Brennan doesn't work at CNN. That's quite obvious. A basic Internet search would have produced that information. He works at NBC, which, I mean, this is, it's really, a, there's something not right here. It's a very suspicious operation, very amateurish right now. Well, let me ask you this question. Is it possible you have such a, a devious mind at work that somebody wants it to look so amateurish? Well, it's certainly possible. I said there's only one of two scenarios here. I mean, either somebody wanted to get caught um, for some reason, or it's so amateurish that it's, it, it, it speaks to some kind of uh, you know, motive we haven't yet seen. It's just bizarre. And then uh, the, the selection of the, of the targets... Um, you know, of course, there's people want to, you know, there's people all over the media right now who are giving out, these, especially if you go on some of these other networks, who are desperate to prescribe a motive to this, who have no idea. But I would encourage all of them to take this very, very slow, uh, because I, I, when I, what I've seen, Mark, in my experience in the space, especially with the Secret Service and all of this mail processing system, is people who are serious, who have these savage animal minds who want to do this kind of stuff, they are very tactically efficient in the way they do it. And none of the hallmarks of tactically efficient uh, planning were in, are in this. This is a highly, highly suspicious uh, operation. I mean, none of them even detonated. Again, thank God. But that, is, that certainly doesn't speak to some ex- expertise in this, in this space. If you're an investigator and you're looking at this, I would think you would make no uh, imagined... Uh, uh, scenarios that you would just try and get the evidence and follow the evidence and try and figure it out that way rather than well this motive that motive and the other motive you're really you're, you're just getting down to the forensics yeah and that's what guys like you and I do um, we're always hesitant to jump to a motive before we actually have the facts and the data mm-hmm. there I mean this is what common sense reasonable people do but of course when you know with the, with the current environment and, and the media hysteria they immediately want to prescribe a, a motive remember Mark the most important of all the W's in this right the who what when where why and how the most important thing obviously is who did it who the actual person is we have no we have zero clues right now at least publicly as to who that person is I suspect Knowing how these investigations go and the availability of the initiator in these devices, which usually leaves a signature, that they're going to get someone relatively quickly. But you have no idea who it is. And when you don't have the who, you have no idea what the motive is. And I got to tell you, it's grotesquely irresponsible for these people out there already who are absolutely convinced that they know exactly why this happened. It's just it's it's insanity. Don't you also find it uh, really gut-wrenching, sickening, that every time there's something uh, terrible that takes place in this country, they try and tie it to Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump yesterday was compared to Hitler multiple times on cable TV. He was said to be a racist multiple times on cable TV because he used this word nationalist, and I'm going to explain this later in the show, um, uh, where that word actually comes from comes from the progressives, actually. It comes from Theodore Roosevelt and his new nationalism speech. But I don't want to jump. I'll get into that later. It just shows you how ignorant people are. But they were going on and on. And, and now these same 
hosts, these same guests, these same contributors, call them whatever you will, are talking about the rhetoric's too hot, things need to be cola. Do they understand the media have led this 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 battle with the vicious rhetoric? Mark, they've, they've accused the man of being a Russian traitor, uh, a, a, a guilty of treason. We've had, we've had so-called, air quotes here, respected commentators accuse the man of treason, accusing him of being a Nazi. And there, you have Maxine Waters and others talking about getting in people's faces. Mark, one of the things you, Sean, and the people in this industry have always been clear on on the conservative side, people are responsible for their own actions. That maniac who shot up Steve Scalise in the baseball field, I, that guy's responsible for his own action. But having said that, the people who are out there calling for confrontation and aggressive confrontation in public have to be more responsible. But that's not conservative. And the fact that they're trying to turn this around immediately and pin it on Trump and make it some kind of a political issue without having any of the Dan, sounding facts is disgusting. One of the key advisors to Hillary Clinton during her campaign, some French name, Philippe, whatever his name is. This guy yesterday on TV, I think it was on Tucker's show, refused to condemn people getting into the faces of members of Congress and other public officials in restaurants. That was just yesterday. I heard it. I saw the exact segment you're talking about. But that's who he is. I've debated him before. Mark, that's exactly who he is. I was not surprised one bit. All right, my brother. Well, we appreciate having you on, Dan. And you're a great friend. God bless you. We'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark LEVIN, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Have you ever heard of N-O? No, I don't mean the word no. I'm referring to nitric oxide or N-O. You know, it's a gas that your own body makes in the lining of your blood vessels from the time you were a baby. But with each decade, our body produces less nitric, uh, nitric oxide on its own. Now, why does that matter? Because nitric oxide is a Nobel Prize winning molecule that signals your blood vessels to relax and dilate. Now, Super Beets by Human has harnessed the power of nutrient enriched beets to create a superfood that helps your body make more nitric oxide on its own. One tablespoon of Super Beets daily supports your cardiovascular health and blood pressure levels, giving you natural energy without a quick caffeine kick or sugar high. It's real, healthy, natural energy. Listen to Steve from Illinois, who says, The taste is very good, as is the increase in energy. Great caffeine substitute without the negative caffeine side effects. Call 800-205-4907. 
Eight, uh, let me check that. 866-205-4907. 866-205-4907. Or go to superbeats.com slash Levin. Superbeats.com slash L-E-V-I-N. And find out how you can get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats and free shipping with your first purchase. This is really, really good stuff. Call 866-205-4907. 866-205-4907 or go to superbeats.com slash Levin, superbeats.com slash L-E-V-I-N. For your own sake, I'd go there immediately. We use it in our household now, by the way. 866-205-4907. All right. Let me give you an example of what I've been talking about. The president on Monday, he's in Houston, and he says in part this. Cut one, go. that wants the globe to do well, frankly, not caring about our country so much. And you know what? We can't have that. You know, they have a word. It sort of became old-fashioned. It's called a nationalist. And I say, really, we're not supposed to use that word. You know what I am? I'm a nationalist, okay? I'm a nationalist. Now, what did the media do with this? What the media did with this was disgusting. I'm not a nationalist. I'm a constitutionalist. I believe in Americanism. And I'll explain why in a moment, so stick with me. The media have no idea what they're doing, but they don't care. So like everything else, they sit there, they hang on every word that Trump puts out there, and then they sick him. They go after him, like Dobermans. So CNN brings on Gregory Meeks, who's an attacker. A Democrat from New York with Wolf Blitzer. Listen to this. Cut 17. Go. My first reaction to that is the synonym to a nationalist is a chauvinist. And uh, that apparently is what this president is. Uh, And to say that we are better than or, you know, it reminds me of the kinds of words uh, that came from people like uh, Hitler who thought that in Germany he was a nationalist and the kinds of people that this president uh, seems to uh, like and, and they, those who are repressive uh, dictators uh, those are the individuals that generally use that kind of phrase and those you kinds know, this of words. Is, this is just so over the top and CNN gives him voice It reminds this guy of Hitler, and this president seems to like repressive dictator. Why? He didn't open an embassy in Cuba. That was the prior president. He stood up to Putin. He stood up to China. He stood up to Iran. He stood up to North Korea. These are all things that Obama wouldn't do. Where's the evidence that he likes dictators? Where's the evidence that he's anything like Hitler? Do people know what Adolf Hitler did? Now, this is on CNN. Wolf Blitzer sits there like a bump on a log, doesn't cut off the congressman. The congressman is invited because he's a hater. Because, you see, we want to lower the temperature out there, ladies and gentlemen, we're being told by the media today. The same media that promotes this. Go ahead. Whether you're looking at uh, Mr. Putin, whether you're looking at uh, uh, what is taking place with the king of uh, Saudi Arabia now, all of those individuals, or Kim Jong-un, there are individuals who keep within their societies and not working with others outside of their societies and suppress 
individuals within, within those societies uh, to, get, to, to win the goals of what they're looking for. So those are very dangerous words, but I think it reveals... It's a very dangerous word, nationalist. It's a very, very dangerous word. you got to listen to me throughout the program. I'm going to hit this very, very importantly in the next few minutes. Go ahead. We know this president is. Well, I just want to be precise, uh, Congressman. You're making a comparison between uh, the president of the United States and Hitler. And, and I want you to explain exactly what you mean, because obviously this is uh, this is controversial. Well, what I'm saying is that using the word of nationalism and a nationalist, meaning that, you know, when you listen to Hitler, he was talking about German for the Germans. Uh, and that's it. Oh, and- come on. And Franklin Roosevelt was looking at America for the Americans. These are historically illiterate human beings that we have to listen to. He's not alone. Max Boot on CNN yesterday. Cut 18, go. It has disturbing historical echoes to me, Wolf. Now, nationalism has meant a lot of things over the years. And in the 19th century, it was primarily associated with liberal movements. People like Theodore Herzl, the founder of Zionism, or Giuseppe Garibaldi, who helped to create the state of Italy, or Bolivar, who helped to create the states of Colombia and Venezuela. But in the 20th century, nationalism has taken on a much darker, much more negative connotation, being associated essentially with fascist movements. And you think of nationalists, you think of people like Franco and Mussolini and Hitler and Pinochet, those yeah. are not exactly people that the president of the United States would typically be emulating. And that's why it's very hard for me to think of people in U.S. history who have described themselves as nationalists. This has not been a popular term. Okay, okay. Well, I'll explain one, a very big one, who was in the 20th century, in a moment. Then we have Joe Scarborough, a really loathsome, really loathsome individual. Cut 19, go. I want to read this. This is... And this is this is referencing nobody. Right. So please, please, my my beloved viewers out there, do not do not draw a parallel between what is said here and anybody. So he's living. doing this to attack Trump. And he thinks he's covered by saying, don't draw a parallel. Well, why else would he be doing it? Just to give us a history lesson on Hitler. Go ahead. That would hurt me hurt me very deeply and you don't want to hurt me deeply i don't want to weep on the show so this this doesn't relate to anybody whatsoever it's just it's going through reams and reams and volumes i love world war ii and mm-hmm. you know big churchill fan love what rosa so i was reading this this is it's from um uh, the united <sighs> states office of strategic services in describing and he just Hitler. happened to come across this ladies and gentlemen because when you think of Joe Scarborough, you think of a historian, particularly when it comes to World War II, don't you? Nobody sent this to him or put it under his rather huge, bulbous nose. No, no, no. He found this on his own. Go ahead. File, and this only pertains to Adolf Hitler and pertains to nobody else. I can't. Okay. I just yeah. can't state that enough. No, of but this not. is what they had for Adolf Hitler's psychological profile. And for those of you in the midst of reading World War II, Uh, government reports, you'll find it fascinating. His primary rules were never allow the public to cool off, never admit a fault or wrong, never concede that there may be some good in your enemy, never leave room for alternatives, never accept blame, concentrate on one enemy at a time and blame him for everything that goes wrong. People will believe a big lie sooner than a little one. 
And if you repeat it frequently right, that's enough. So there you have Scarborough comparing Trump to Hitler, even though he denies that that's the entire purpose of this. Then Don Lemon on CNN, cut 20, go. Wow. I'm a nationalist. Nationalist. Use that word. We're going to talk about that word tonight. It is a favorite of the alt-right and is loaded with nativists and racial undertones. And globalists, well, globalists have been used as a slur of, of sorts, sometimes even against those in the administration, often with anti-Semitic overtones. Okay, now keep in mind, these are media figures. These are hosts. Some claim to be reporters. And listen to how they talk. Is this cooling down the rhetoric? Is this bringing the country together? Is this news? Is it even news at all? Then there's Peter Alexander, White House correspondent on MSNBC. I'm getting somewhere with this, folks. Please stick with me. I can't do this stuff in quick sound bites. Cut 21, go. And Peter, can I ask you also about uh, his using the word nationalist, uh, saying, you know, out loud, I am a nationalist. How does the president kind of conceive of that term? Because it doesn't in many ways have racial undertones. It has racial undertones, racial overtones, the word nationalist. Go ahead. Undertones that are not just racial, they're xenophobic. This is something that the president sort of shied away from in the past. Obviously, nationalism was a phrase that Steve Bannon uh, obviously embraced over the course of the campaign. And a lot of the president's opponents tried to pin. Okay, you get the drift. And there's many others. So yesterday, Trump is compared to Hitler. He's a racist. He's a xenophobe. He's all these things. All these, this is the media. Or the media using selectively guests to say these things. They know what they're going to say. The media. And tonight they're out there saying, tone down, politics is divisive, it's too... Now they're reporting. And they're not really reporting. Slowly but surely, they're aiming at Trump. I am not a nationalist, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a constitutionalist. I believe in Americanism, not nationalism. And to correct Max Boot and everybody else you heard speaking, one of the leading progressives of the last century, progressives, he ran as a third-party candidate as the head of the Progressive Party, was Theodore Roosevelt. And on August 31, 1910, those of us who actually do study history, Scarborough, he gave a famous, famous speech. You know what he entitled the speech? The New Nationalism. The New Nationalism. And in this speech, The New Nationalism, Theodore Roosevelt borrowed from a gentleman by the name of Herbert Crowley. If you have my book, Rediscovering Americanism, you know what I'm talking about. In his, in his essay, his famous essay, in something called The Outlook magazine, Promise of American Life, this had an enormous influence on Theodore Roosevelt. The progressive movement was really born out of the Republican Party early on. And its great leader would become Theodore Roosevelt. 
And in his new nationalism speech, I said, he called it his new nationalism speech. He spoke about the new nationalism, the object of a central government. The need for a ubiquitous federal government. The need to be interfering in the private sector. A rejection of market capitalism in many respects. A rejection of the declaration. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. A rejection of the Declaration of Independence as written. A rejection of the separation of powers that confines the ability of the federal government to help people. And it was all the rave on the left, on the progressive left, the new nationalism. So, why do these people in the media compare Trump to Hitler? Why do they call him a racist when he uses the word nationalist? The criticism should be, that's a progressive term. The progressives own that word in the 20th century. But Don Lemon is a moron. Joe Scarborough is a moron. Max Boot is a fake. Gregory Meeks is a moron. Peter Alexander, the White House correspondent, a moron. This is a phrase, a word, that is central to understanding progressivism and the centralization of the American government. Their intellectuals wrote about it all the time. So if the president's to be criticized softly, it's to be using a word out of progressivism. But no, the progressives who run the media for the most part, the leftists, they want to compare him to Hitler? Hitler? Hitler, who rounded up millions and millions of people and slaughtered them? They use this phrase? And they wonder why people are angry at them? And they wonder why people despise them? And then tonight they tell us we got to cool the rhetoric? We got we to, gotta, you know, unite the country? And then they start slowly but surely moving their hand to point their finger at Trump yet again? Mark Lovin. If you ask any AMAC member what they like most about belonging to the conservative alternative to the AARP, one answer that always comes up is how much they love reading AMAC's quarterly magazine, the AMAC Advantage. It's a first-class publication covering a variety of hard-hitting stories from notable authors, and AMAC members love it. Well, my friends, AMAC membership just keeps getting better. AMAC is pleased to announce that instead of publishing just four issues each year, they're now sending AMAC Advantage to all million-and-a-half AMAC members six times a year, every other month. That's six issues of AMAC's celebrated magazine delivered to your home every year, and it's all part of an AMAC membership. If you haven't joined AMAC yet, you're missing out. You're missing out on tremendous benefits and discounts and uh, and insurance and all kinds of coverages and so forth. So join today at amac.us. And remember, even more than the benefits, they are a conservative organization that advances our principles in Washington. So get your copy of the latest edition of the AMAC Advantage magazine, along with all the other discounts and benefits that come with an AMAC membership, by joining right now. Now here's the website, 
amac.us. That's A-M-A-C.us. AMAC.us, because AMAC is better for you and better for America. Now, ladies and gentlemen, over at the New York Times, thanks to our friends on Twitchy and Ben Dominich of the Federalist, civility. The New York Times now printing fantasies of President Trump being assassinated with help of the Secret Service. For some reason, the New York Times book review asked five spy and crime novelists to imagine the next chapter of President Trump's term. So the odds were pretty good that at least one would end in his assassination, right? Well, Zoe Sharp was honored that her piece was included. Honored to be in the New York Times book this week alongside Scott Turow and, and Joe Finder and Laura M- and Lipman and Jason Matthews. We were asked to write short fiction on what happens next on the U.S.-Russia scene. She writes in excerpts, when it was time, he went downstairs, took his place in the lobby before the entourage appeared. The hotel staff had been lined up to see their boss, the president, go by. Few of them applauded. Most did not. The president didn't seem to notice. He waved uh, in his desultory fashion. The Secret Service agents clustered around him, ushered him toward the armored limo, idling outside at the curb. The Russian waited until they were a few steps before he drew the gun. He sighted on the center of the president's back and squeezed the trigger. Oh, they're just having fun over there at the New York Times. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, civility. The media is going to tell us about civility, don't you know? I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. By the way, when the midterm elections are over... Uh, I'm going to tell you a few of the people we invited on the program who's, who politely said no because they told us they're trying to appeal to moderates and Democrats. Right, Mr. Producer? So I'll let you know who those are. I don't want to jinx their campaigns, but uh, they're really quite pathetic. 
The vast majority of people we've invited, that's really only two, have have uh, been very excited about coming on because we don't have a lot of time. And uh, given the events of the last few weeks, and, and we're in, uh, we're duking it out right now, as uh, my dad will want me to do and as we want to do, right? CNN put out a statement today that is really reprehensible. So in the face of these, these bombs, these packages that have been sent out, Jeff Zucker, president CNN Worldwide, he puts this statement out. There is a total and complete lack of understanding of the White House about the seriousness of their continued attacks on the media. The president, and especially the White House press secretary, should understand their words matter. Thus far, they have shown no comprehension of that. Now, Mr. Zucker, I would say to you that when you watch your shows, are you proud of them? When you watch Don Lemon and Camerata and Chris Cuomo, who you promoted, you must be very proud of them. You must be proud of guests who reference Adolf Hitler when talking about our president, guests on your program and hosts and anchors who go on about the president's mental instability, his racism, his xenophobia. You're responsible for that, Mr. Zucker. You've destroyed CNN. Others have commented on it. Jeff Greenfield has commented on it. The founder of CNN has commented on it. Ted Turner. Others have commented on it. The kind of hate and partisan poison that you promote day in and day out. You know, it's one thing to be partisan. It's another when the president of the United States has talked about this way. Maybe you should try first, Mr. Zucker. You should try first. What news do we get from CNN anyway? It's not like the old news networks. It's not like the old newspapers, pamphleteers, nothing. We don't get news from CNN. If we do, it's very, very limited, quite frankly. So immediately, CNN attacks Trump. If They can't help it. I'm surprised they didn't call him Hitler again today. The media have a lot of responsibility for the tone and the intemperate behavior that's taking place. Don Lemon. Don Lemon in particular. Refused to flatly condemn Antifa. He eventually was somewhat critical of it. A Hillary Clinton stooge, Philippe, whatever the hell his name is, was on Tucker Carlson's show last night on Fox. Encouraged people getting in the faces of members of Congress and others. What's the problem, he said? What's the problem? Now, there is a problem. Now, I want to circle back, if I may, if I can find the damn thing. There, there it is. This big race in uh, Florida for the governorship of Florida. Florida is a key state. Many of you don't live in Florida. Florida is a key state. Texas is a key state. To me, they're the two key states, if the Republicans have any hope in the future, of uh, reelecting the president and future Republican presidents. They are huge states. The second and third most populous states. And the Democrats are dying to take them over. 
And they've nominated a Bernie Sanders socialist, a leftist, who has overseen a corrupt administration in Tallahassee to be the next governor of Florida. He's pushing a $15 minimum wage, which we know what that does. Seattle tried it. It was a big failure. He's insisting that Florida law enforcement must not and will not turn over criminals who've served their terms in state prisons to the federal government to be deported. Instead, he would have them released into your neighborhoods. That's the only alternative. And Jake Tapper did a lousy job of explaining that. He didn't explain it at all. He wants Medicare for all, which means eliminate Medicare, eliminate every private insurance program, eliminate employer private insurance programs, eliminate insurance companies altogether, and the federal government will take over health care. Seriously, folks, really? He insists on expanding Medicaid in Florida to 800 to 850,000 more people. He says we're leaving $6 billion on the table with the feds. What he doesn't tell you is 25 cents out of every dollar spent in Florida goes to Medicaid as it is today. And you're not leaving $6 billion on the table because under Obamacare, the first few years of Medicaid, the subsidies are were 100%, but they're not always going to be 100%. They could be 50%. They could be 30%. Who knows? But you in Florida will pick up the bill for all of it. The reason you have growth in Florida is because you have people moving to Florida who want to set up businesses or who want to retire there and spend their money, uh, their money there because you don't have a state income tax. That's the main reason. Well, he wants to increase taxes 40 percent on businesses, and that won't be enough. You watch. He's going to push for a state income tax. We've seen this happen when Democrats take over these red states. They don't have taxes, uh, income taxes. But here's the thing. The guy's corrupt. You're not allowed to say these things or you're called a racist. Well, you know what? Screw that. Screw that. Records show FBI agents gave Andrew Gillum tickets to Hamilton in 2016. Now, some of you leftists out there, well, what's the big deal? Well, they gave him tickets. Somebody paid for his hotel. And also... There are other issues related to Costa Rica. You've got all kinds of uh, corruption swirling around his administration in Tallahassee, which is why the FBI had undercover agents, undercover FBI agents in his administration. According to the TampaBay.com site. Undercover FBI agents paid for Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gullum's hotel room and his ticket to the Broadway musical Hamilton during a 2016 trip to New York City, according to a bombshell trove of records that raises new questions two weeks before the November 6th election for Florida governor. He has been lying about this through his teeth, and I'll get to that in a minute. Among the records released, and, and CNN and MSNBC won't even touch this story. Neither will any of the big networks. They won't touch it. It's all local news. Because they promote him like they promote this this fool Robert Francis, quote-unquote, Beto O'Rourke in Texas. 
Right, Mr. Zucker? Among the records released Tuesday, this past Tuesday, photos, a video, and dozens of text messages between Gillum, who's the Democrat nominee for governor, former lobbyist Adam Corey, and an undercover FBI agent. They appear to contradict Gillum's explanation for the expenses, which have been made a major issue by his Republican rival, Ron DeSantis. Gillum's campaign has maintained and continued to do so Tuesday. So after the release of the records, they continue to lie. That Gillum's brother, Marcus, Marcus Gillum, handed him the ticket the night of the show. He didn't want to know from Butkus. His brother just gave me the ticket. What's the big deal? That's not what happened. The text messages at the time of the trip show Gillum was told. He was told the tickets came from Mike Miller, an FBI agent looking into city corruption who was posing as a developer. Came from Mike Miller, posing as a developer who was an undercover FBI agent. Mike Miller and the crew have tickets for us for Hamilton tonight at 8 p.m. Corey texted Gullum on August 10, 2016. Hey, awesome news about Hamilton, Gillum replied, according to the records. The campaign has not said how Marcus Gillum, who lives in Chicago, Illinois, came by such a sought-after Broadway ticket, or whether Andrew Gillum asked his brother about it. These messages only confirm what we've said all along, Andrew Gillum said on Facebook Live. So, in the face of his lies, caught. With actual hard evidence. Andrew Gillum says, see, they confirm what we said all along. Because he knows there's enough stupid people out there who will just dismiss it. We did go to see Hamilton, he said. I did get my ticket to Hamilton from my brother. And at the time, we believed that they were reserved by friends of Adams, Mike Miller. And when I got there after work, got my ticket, we went in there and saw it. Assume my brother paid for it. And so as far as I know, that was the deal. Yeah, no big deal. Now, he knows that wasn't the deal. The new records came from Chris Kyes, K-I-S-E, an attorney representing Corey. That's the lobbyist. Kyes said he gave the records to the Florida Commission on Ethics, which is investigating a complaint about Gillum's trips to New York City and Costa Rica with Corey. He then gave copies to the campaigns of Gillum and DeSantis. Once a close friend of Gillum's, the lobbyist, Corey, is at the center of the FBI's long-running probe into corruption in Tallahassee. No one has been charged, and Gillum has said that agents assured him he was neither a target nor a focus of the probe. Well, he's obviously part of the probe. Can you imagine if uh, Trump had done this? Those impeachment charges would be uh, all drawn up by now. Gillum has repeatedly given vague answers to questions about who paid for the New York City trip. His avoidance of a direct answer became pronounced during a Sunday debate on CNN between DeSantis and Gillum. And by the way, Jake Tapper did nothing to follow up. Nothing. Did you pay for the Hamilton tickets, DeSantis asked? First of all, I'm a grown man, Gillum replied. My wife and I take vacations. We pay for our own vacation. No, you didn't. You're a grown man and you didn't pay for your own vacation. I don't take free trips from anybody. Yes, you did. You took a free trip from the FBI. I'm a hardworking person. I know that may not fit your description of what you think people like me do. Listen to the race card. But I have worked hard for everything that I've gotten in my life. 
Well, he didn't work hard for that hotel room, and he didn't work hard for those tickets, pal. We used to call that graph where I grew up. But notice, notice, notice. I don't take free trips from anybody. I'm a hardworking person. I know that may not fit your description of what you think people like me do. Sickening. The new records go beyond Broadway tickets. They show that undercover FBI agents posing as businessmen were working for months to get an out-of-state meeting with Gillum, and that Gillum appeared willing to oblige them. In June 2016, Corey, the lobbyist, texted Miller, the undercover FBI agent, telling him that he would discuss options with Gillum. I just want to make it a good trip, and Sweets and B will be booked on something else if we don't lock something down, Miller replied. Mike Sweets and Brian Butler were the two other undercover FBI agents posing as businessmen. The lobbyist Corey then followed up proposing to meet in Las Vegas. A.G. Andrew Gillum thinks Vegas in August is an easier option for him, Corey texted Miller, referring to Gillum. He's double-checking availability with his office now. Stand by. So instead of Las Vegas, they met in New York while Gillum was attending a conference on behalf of the People for the American Way Foundation, a liberal advocacy group that employed him. That would be a left-wing group. Text messages show Miller, that is the undercover FBI agent, paid for the airfare and hotel room for Gillum's brother, Marcus. Send me the mayor and his brother's information and I will have my girl book their flights, Miller wrote. Corey, the lobbyist, replied that Gillum had already booked his flight, but he would send his brother's information ASAP. Just tell them to let me know what their flights cost and I will cover it, Miller said. The ethics complaint was filed against Gillum in June this year and Gillum met with investigators in early September. Kyes, the attorney for Corey, the lobbyist, was issued a subpoena for records on October 15, last Monday. Was releasing the records now because they were going to become public anyway. He said they showed Corey did not participate in any criminal activity. It's rare but not unprecedented for the commission to use its subpoena power as it did in the Gillum case. By law, ethics complaints are confidential until they are dismissed. A probable cause finding is made... Or the target of a complaint voluntarily waives confidentiality, which Gillum did not do. Now, the document dump on Tuesday was the type of event Democrats feared when Gillum won the party's nomination in August, but hoped would never come. Those supporters generally dismissed the significance of the texts and emails between Gillum and lobbyist Corey. One Democrat consultant acknowledged that anyone on the fence about Gillum could be deflated. The timing of the release, exactly two weeks before Election Day and on the second day of early voting, comes during a key period and goes on and on. But the Democrats don't have a problem with this. Hillary Clinton was in South Florida a couple days ago. She raised $2.5 million for Gillum. She could care less about any of this. The question is, will the people of Florida... You have a leftist, a hardcore radical leftist who is, in fact, a hack. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, I have a short period of time here. Where are these elections consequential, aren't they? 
I really don't believe we want to turn any, any element of the federal government, at least not right now, over to this force on the left to give them a foothold. I really don't. Uh, there's so many things we need to do in this country. If we can hold the House and pick up some senators, we may well be able to secure that southern border. And that is crucially important, despite what the left says. They're irrelevant. They have no intention of doing any of it. I told you yesterday, and I meant it. I meant it. There are hostile governments that are rooting for the success of the Democrat Party in this election cycle. You can bet Cuba, Iran, you can bet China, Russia, you can bet North Korea. They want to see this president crippled. They want to see him bogged down in his own country by the House of Representatives. While they exercise their muscle, while they build up their military, while they take more and more aggressive actions. The left in this country and our enemies overseas have something in common. You have to admit it. They want to see the destruction of Donald Trump, our commander-in-chief. And if he wasn't an outstanding commander-in-chief, they wouldn't give a damn. But they care very much because he's been an outstanding commander-in-chief. I want you to keep that in mind. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Mr. Right, Mr. Conservative, and Mr. Constitution. But you can call him Mark at 877-381-3811. What do you think any responsible president would do or would have done with thousands and thousands of illegal aliens heading toward our border? Other than Barack Obama. Other than Barack Obama. What do you think any president would have done? Eisenhower, Truman... Kennedy, Nixon, either of the Bushes, Ford, Reagan. What do you think they would have done when people are trying to invade the country right in our face? What do you, only Obama and only the modern Democrats and the media today find something notorious in efforts to try and stop what's taking place here. It is they who are out of line. It is they who are out of sync. 
And now we'll watch very carefully tonight, tomorrow, and the next day, see how they try to exploit what's taking place today. They're right on the precipice. They're getting there. You can see it. You can smell it. You can feel it. They're right on the precipice. Zucker's already done it. He's blamed Trump. Soros's son has already done it. He's blamed Trump. And quite frankly, Schumer and Pelosi, in the statement they released today, they blame Trump. Their viciousness in the Kavanaugh hearings. Their silence in the face of Antifa. Their surrogates on cable TV encouraging people to confront Ted Cruz or Sarah uh, Sanders or the head of DHS or whomever in restaurants and so forth. Watching the media sit silently as Antifa is beating people's brains out. The language they use in talking about the President of the United States, Hitler, deranged, mentally ill, racist, xenophobic, it just pours from their mouth. Like the word the or the word is. And they accept no responsibility, none, for what they're doing and have done to this nation. Well, they may not accept it, but we place it. Mr. Zucker, you're at the lead of the caravan on this one. So is Phil What's-His-Face over there at MSNBC. I actually forgot his last name. You know, your data is everywhere. Data breaches, Facebook breaches, big companies mining and sharing your information. These are legitimate companies putting you at risk. Now you add in all the crooks and scammers and the risk of ID theft. It's insane. Now look, the best thing you can do is protect yourself and your family. That's why I switched to my ID care for identity protection. Because it's absolutely the best. They're the best in the business with plans starting from less than $10 a month. And only my ID care offers a 100% money back recovery program. Nobody else does that. Because they don't trust their own system. My ID care does. 100%. You can sign up at myidcare.com slash mark and then enter promo code mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark, enter promo code mark. Now, my ID care has taken care of Fortune 500 companies for years, but now their protection is available to you and me, people like us. And I've got it, and you need it. My listeners also get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. Again, learn more and then let My ID Care take care of you. Myidcare.com slash mark, enter promo code mark. Once more, myidcare.com slash mark, enter promo code mark. This is very important that you protect yourself. The government can't even protect itself. So you need to protect yourself. This is the best. This is platinum coverage. My ID care. That's why I switched to my ID care, and that's why I encourage them to be a sponsor. It's myidcare.com slash mark and a promo code mark. Darren, Denver, Colorado, the great KVOR. Go. Hey, Mark. That's yes, sir. Listen, I just heard a comment in regards to your... Uh, you know, Talk right into the mouthpiece. It's very difficult to hear you. 
Yeah, I had a comment in regards to the and Zucker. So, you know, I used to be a All right, Mr. Call Screener, let's call, uh, um, I guess that's Darren. Is that who we're talking to? Let's call Darren back. I can't understand him. Let's get a clear line if he's available. Sorry about that, Darren. Uh, let us go to Scott, West Branch, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Um, just wanted to, uh, I, I'm a retired engineer, and I, I don't believe in speculating. But as I listen to the media today, I'm hearing uh, immediately it must be someone who hates the Democrats, and that's why they're going after them. And then I look at what's happening with the caravan, and, uh, and, and that the, uh, there's been speculation about the leftists uh, supporting the caravan and, uh, and, and those people and driving them forward. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious, is it really a, you know, a, a right-wing person that may be planting these uh, pipe bombs, or is it really a leftist uh, ploy to uh, affect the elections in November? Well, we're going to find out, I hope, one way or the other. I'm not going to speculate on this, but people have said that to me, that it really doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to do this close to the election and then turn off all these people against the Republicans. I have no idea whatsoever. I have no idea whatsoever, and I'm not going to get into this speculation stuff. I agree. It's just it's become so crazy lately. And, uh, and what, but, what... But, but I do know the media in this country have taken us to a very dark place. Um, the media in this country, um, uh, I mean, throw around the words Hitler and Nazis and stuff like this, and they know better than this. And it's day in and day out. They they know what they're doing. They become propaganda mills. If they don't like what the president says and they don't like the way he says it, fine, report it. But listen to how they talk. They're supposed to be news people. And they're not. And, you know, we get to vote for president and so forth. We don't get to vote for uh, Don Lemon. We don't get to vote for uh, uh, this one or that one who's, uh, who's on these cable networks. They're hired by these major corporations. Uh, and other than Fox, which really is balanced, when you look at some of the liberals they have on there and some of the libertarians who are also liberals in many respects, uh, depending on who they are on Fox and so forth, some of the former Obama staffers that they hire there, when you look at these other networks... I mean, they're propaganda mills. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Let's go to Mike, Tallahassee, Florida, the great WFLA, our great affiliate there. Go right ahead. Hey, just listening in on you tonight, and uh, you're you're spot on in our our mayor. Um, I've been in Tallahassee for 36 years, and conservatives in Tallahassee, very liberal town, Um, but in previous years, We've had Republican leadership, but it really comes from outside the, the city, um, a statewide leadership. But our, our mayor, it's hard to believe he's our mayor. It's really hard to believe that he's, he's won the, the Democratic. Yeah, you know, the problem is the people outside of the Tallahassee metropolitan area really don't understand who this Gillum is. And he's spending millions and millions of dollars and getting an enormous amount of free media um, uh, re- remaking himself. And the national media want him to be remade. He's a lousy, failed mayor. He's a hardcore leftist. He drove your taxes up. A crime is up, despite what he says. He just, he's run that city into the ground. Well, I don't know where his income comes from. He's been working for Norman Lear, 
people American Way and for for Soros for years since he's been in college. Um, he works for an attorney now, and really the attorney worked for for Norman Lear. And then when he became started running for governor, they changed up the way it's run, and he, now he works for the the attorney. But this money's still coming from Lear and Soros. He's making he made two hundred fifty dollars or two hundred fifty thousand dollars last year. And we don't know where it came from. Uh, the last two years. Now, what do you mean? I, I, don't, I don't mean to be ignorant about this, so so edify me. He worked for Norman Lear. You mean people for the American way, right? Yes, yes. He worked Which for is him. a radical left-wing organization funded by Hollywood. He's still, he's, he's still working for him. He's, there's an attorney in Tallahassee. There's a lady. Uh, I can't recall her name. I can look it up. There's a guy in the morning, uh, um, our morning conservative radio show. Um, I, I listen to her more, but he's... He's been telling it for years, and nobody will listen. But uh, okay, I'm listening now. Tell us. Well, I mean, he, it's a shell game. He's been he's been working for Norman Lear, and then when he started running for governor, they changed they changed the office, and the lady who's the attorney that works for normal that works for Norman Lear now he's working for her. Yeah, so because because they want to change. Uh, they they don't want people to know who he is. Yeah, it's a shell game. It's a shell game. I mean, and he he puts up these. Things just like what you pointed out, which we've been talking about for a couple of years now, with the corruption and the FBI investigation has been going on for for a while now. And he- so tell me something. Jake Tapper was the moderator of a debate a few days ago. How come he didn't bring any of this up? Yeah, that's crazy. It should have been uh, his his Demo- in the summer. His Democratic opponent should have brought it up. Uh, corruption's corruption, but. DeSantis, I'm finally, finally someone is exposing him two weeks before the election. He needed to be exposed months and months ago. Um, he, he really doesn't need to be in the office of mayor. He needs to be kicked out of mayor. Um, I mean, his whole his whole staff been under corruption. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, he's had uh, chief counsels taken, got in trouble for taking tickets from, from Florida State football games, and it's just it's 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 corruption. It's all right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Almost like the Keating Five stuff with tickets and so forth and so on. But, but again, the media are covering this up, the national media. The local media is starting to get on this and starting to report it like the Tampa Bay uh, site. But the national media could give a damn. I even look on some of our friendly websites. It's not on there. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, we're going to have full election coverage on election night from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time here. You don't want to miss it. Now, if your affiliate is stupid enough to to not carry my program, you can you can listen to it on uh, Mark Levin app, on iHeartRadio app. You can listen to it streaming. You can listen to it on satellite radio. So we will be here uh, no matter what, 6 to 9 p.m. Um, and... Um, on election night. And nobody covers these elections better than I. We have a historical record here that's really quite amazing. I think you'll find it really amazing. Um, I want you to uh, listen before I go to CRTV to Andrew Gillum on Facebook Live today when he was caught in his lie about taking uh, uh, tickets from the FBI in a hotel room and so forth. Cut 12, go. Uh, the Republicans obviously want to distract, want to suggest all along throughout this trail, they've I uh, wanted people of the state to believe that somehow I'm 
uh, haven't deserved what I've gotten. I'm unethical, uh, participate in illegal and illicit activity. I mean, you name it. The goal is obviously to use my candidacy as a way to reinforce, uh, frankly, stereotypes about black men. Oh, cut it out. Stereotypes about black men? What, they take hotel rooms and free tickets and trips to Costa Rica from the FBI? Is that a stereotype about black men? You know, people will be really incensed about the way he's using his race, particularly people who share his race, about how he's wrapping himself in this and takes no personal responsibility. That wasn't the black community who got on that airplane. That wasn't the black community who took tickets for Hamilton. That's not the black community that's under investigation by undercover FBI agents. It's not the black community that went to Costa Rica. It's you, Mr. Gillum. Take responsibility for your own actions. It's you. It has nothing to do with your race. And this is how he hopes to dupe people. This is how he hopes to do people. How did how did CNN cover this, Mr. Producer? Cut 13, go. I think most American voters assume that politicians are not totally clean. I oh. mean, they assume that they hang out with some people whom they take favors from and that sort of thing. Right, and that's the- enough. And he goes on. This guy's Frank Brunei, CNN contributor. Hey, what's the big deal? We assume politicians aren't clean. What's the big deal? So he's not clean. We want him to be elected. That's all. What's the big deal? That's your news media, Mr. Zucker. That's your network, Mr. Zucker. That's your Democrat nominee, ladies and gentlemen, in Florida. You know, you remember when comedy was great? It wasn't political. It wasn't profane. And it wasn't worried about hurting someone's feelings. Well, after being gone for far too long, great comedy is now back. Announcing CRTV's Make Comedy Great Again Tour. Coming to a performance theater near you. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's a night of 100% clean, politic-free stand-up comedy. Featuring an entire lineup of comedians who are ready to make you laugh until you cry. You'll appreciate safe, hilarious, laugh-out-loud language during this night of label-free, tell-it-like-it-is vintage comedy. CRTV's 2018 Make Comedy Great Again Tour features veteran comedians like Jeff Allen, Brad Upton, Earl David Reed, and many more. So you can bring your grandma, bring your kids, and get ready to experience what comedy was always meant to be. That is great. Find tickets for a theater near you at MakeComedyGreatAgain.com. That's MakeComedyGreatAgain.com. MakeComedyGreatAgain.com. Bill. Willow City, North Dakota, the great WZFG. Go. Thank you, sir, for taking my call. Okay. Um, I'm calling about the uh, bombs, and just because of what I used to do in the military. What did you do? A, I was uh, 18, Charlie. You were a bomb it's, maker. But, well, yes and no. It was part of the job. There's many other things I did. But just in the way the packages are wrapped, it takes away from the handling, and it leaves it open for anybody to get hit, not the specific target. And that's why I say there's a faulty. Also, how can pipe bombs go through an x-ray machine and not get picked up? 
because all mail goes through a centralized station because of things in the past. I see. So that creates... Well, many of them did get picked up. Well, they did, but some not directly at the post office, from my understanding, but I'm still doing more research. Mm -hmm. Because I just picked this story up because I don't have TV or any of that. I just listen to the radio and different things. Well, I want to thank you for listening to me. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call and your service. Let's go to Frank, Jersey City, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, uh, first of all, thanks for taking my call and uh, accept my condolences. Um, you. you have a great show, and I just hope the people out there realize that this midterm election is probably the most important one we've had in maybe this country's history. Um, this country's at a precipice right now. It can go one way or the other, and if people don't realize that, and every Democrat out there should actually be uh, voting for uh, the Republican uh, Party because not socialists, but Democrats, because hardworking people have a lot to lose. That being said, Mark, tonight on TV, I, I was watching uh, a CBS at the gym, and I see along the bottom on the national news and CBS um, words to the effect of uh, explosive language, making reference, of course, to, to the president in light of the, the bombing, these uh, pipe bombs, and mm-hmm. then saying that a pipe bomb a person sent these bombs to the targets of uh, the president's explosive language, strongly implying that the president is mm-hmm. at fault for this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so horrific what the left has turned into, but the media, the media leads the charge. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. It's a great piece of conservative review by our buddy Daniel Horowitz. In just 17 months, illegal alien family units increased by 960% at the border. 960%. There are a lot more than roughly 14,000 people seeking to invade our border, he writes. The American people are rightfully concerned about the brazen caravan, quote-unquote, of invaders headed for our southern border and fully expect that it will be stopped at all costs before it reaches our border, not in our courtrooms. However, we must not lose sight of the likely 800,000-strong quiet invasion at a less public level that is crossing our border this year. Brand new data from Customs and Border Protection should mobilize Trump and Republicans to not just focus on the caravan, but on finally stopping the broader invasion in its entirety. According to Customs and Border Protection, that's CBP, roughly 400,000 illegals were caught sneaking in between our points of entry in fiscal year 2018, and it's not even over. Another roughly 125,000 presenting themselves at the port of entry in FY 2018, were deemed inadmissible. 
The fact that the overall number has increased by 106,000 from FY 2017 is enough of a concern. But several other data points are even more concerning. The trajectory and the nature of the border crossings are what should really worry us. First, it's important to remember that border agents will tell you that the U.S. typically apprehends only about 50% of those who illegally cross the border. That means that there were likely close to 800,000 people who crossed the border last year, not at our points of entry. Now, as such, it's not just the several hundred thousand illegals that were released into our population after being apprehended that should concern those who care about their communities and schools. What's more concerning are the people we never apprehend, who most likely are more dangerous than the ones we did apprehend. As Brandon Judd, president of the Border Patrol Council, explained uh, several months ago to Horowitz, the criminal cartels are pushing them, that is these family units, in front as the sacrificial lambs, forcing me to use my resources to take them into custody so that they can then cross the dangerous criminals right behind them. And we play into their hands by continuing to humanize the way things are happening on the border. It's more than humanized. We romanticize it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, just from a drug crisis standpoint, the hundreds of thousands of undetected illegals coming in every year, thanks to the fake sympathy over families, is terrifying. As the L.A. Times wrote in a recent report, quote, Chinese companies send fentanyl in small quantities to dealers in the United States or Canada, but ship the drugs in bulk to criminal cartels in Mexico. Well, then what happens? The cartels then mix the synthetics into heroin and other substances or press them in the counterfeit pills. The product is then smuggled across the border. So you have the Chinese government working with Mexican cartels. The president is signing a series of opioid bills today, all of which fail to recognize this premise as the main cause of the 72,000 annual deaths. The next data point, that should concern us is the trajectory of the increase, which is unfathomable. While the overall numbers aren't higher than they were during Obama, that is because the numbers dropped to a once-in-a-generation low during the first few months of Trump's presidency, just based on the perception that he'd enforce our sovereignty. Since illegals saw that nothing changed, the numbers surged beyond belief, and the president has been trying over and over again. He's been telling us he wants to make changes, but the Democrats in Congress are blocking him. And so are some Republicans, by the way. A total of 16,658 family units, these are f- nuclear families, were caught between the points of entry in September. A new record and a sharp spike from the previous months. In total, 161,113 family units were apprehended this year. Remember, only 1.4% of the family units apprehended last year were deported. So almost all of them remain in our communities, along with the nearly half a million others who were never apprehended. And this is growing every year. So now we've gotten to almost 700,000. And it goes on. This is an incredibly serious matter, of course. National sovereignty, the rule of law, uh, the nature of our immigration system, it's being openly and brazenly violated, and not just by aliens, by people in our own country. By people in our own country. 
Now, we spent a lot of time last night. It's been picked up by a lot of news outlets, uh, conservative news outlets since today. As we have in the past on this issue, pointing out the hypocrisy of the Democrats. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer, and many others. Harry Reid. The positions that they took 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 25 years ago. The positions that they took on illegal immigration. First of all, they called them illegal immigrants. As recently as 2009, 2010, Chuck Schumer called them illegal immigrants. As a matter of fact, he admonished his audience in 2009. He said, look, if you don't use the word illegal, then you lose essentially the moral high ground. What is this undocumented stuff, he said. Now, of course, he's reversed course because they're all about power and politics, not about country. So what's the point? The point is the Democrat Party is not even the Democrat Party of 10 years ago. It's certainly not the Democrat Party of 20 years ago. Its position on immigration, like its position on economics, like its position on the military, like its position on health care, embraces increasingly radical policies and attitudes. And it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. If the media really want to understand a division in this country, they need only look at themselves and look at the course the Democrat Party has taken. You have a party where John Kennedy couldn't be nominated for the presidency today. You have a party where Bill Clinton couldn't be nominated for the presidency today. You have a party that wouldn't nominate Harry Truman for the presidency today. And I could go down the list. And so now... You have individuals who want to out-radical each other. Tell me, who is a centrist in the Democrat leadership? Or a so-called moderate? Can you name one? Just name one. Well, I can't name any. I don't see them. Do you? All right. By the way, we have a wonderful guest at the bottom of the hour. I told you each night now we'll have one or two candidates on here. Um, There are many who are deserving of support, and you know who they are, but it doesn't work that way on radio. This can't be a conga line of candidates. Let's go to Billy, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, KRLA. Go. Uh, Mr. Levin, thank you very much for taking my call. I just want to to add in my my little two cents here. I'll be real quick about this caravan. Um, uh, It's not a caravan. It's an invasion. It's an, it is an invasion, and I don't know why I call it a, a caravan. Uh, it is an invasion, and Los like Angeles... Like I said yesterday, next thing you know, they'll call it a parade. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Uh, uh, Los Angeles is becoming Tijuana. They've just made this new law where anybody could sell anything on, uh, on the sidewalk. And if you drive around on the weekend through Los Angeles, it looks like Tijuana. And well, isn't just, that nice? Pardon? So we're assimilating into Tijuana rather than the other way around. Yeah, and I've had people at work saying, well, you should speak Spanish. You should learn Spanish. And I... I, 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 I'm I don't want to learn uh, Spanish. I, Why should I? Yeah, and, I, you know, I come from a very democratic family. I'm, I come from Scranton, Pennsylvania, where my family were coal miners. And uh, the Democratic Party really looked out for the working class, and they don't anymore. The Democrats have, have completely gone so far left that they don't care about the, the working class in, in 
in America anymore. And, you know, the biggest thing that bugs me, I want the wall, but I think the biggest thing that could be done is it's both sides. It's, it's, if, if you really enforced E-Verify and you went to these people and you said, okay, every illegal alien that you hire, we're going to fine you $10,000 a week. And, and I think Trump was behind it. And if I'm not mistaken, that was brought up during this whole Dreamer thing. Well, I'll give you another one. Why don't we enforce our visa rules? 45% of the people here illegally come through the front door and overstay their visas. Yeah, exactly. And it's just really frustrating because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Republican in Los Angeles, and I don't keep my mouth shut. I let, I let everybody know how I feel. Not, not, you know, and, and I usually do it in a humorous way so I don't cause any type of problem. But I, I can't wait to get out of California because the Southwest and Texas and so many so many other states that from this invasion are going to be turning into a third world. Isn't country. amazing? People with uh, maybe not in your case, but people who've been in California, their ancestors, they've had generations of, uh, of family members in California. They're the ones now immigrating to other states while people are coming here illegally from south of the border. It's really incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very pathetic. It's just going to be, in, I, I keep telling my friends, in 20 years, it's going to be maids and, and, and multimillionaires, and the middle class is going to be out of California. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I really appreciate your, your, uh, what you do for, for all of us on, on your side, and, and uh, have a wonderful day. The only side I'm on is the side of the Constitution, the sign of uh, individual liberty, and the sign of private property. We call that capitalism. Thank you, my friend. That's my side. John, Lake Havasu City, KNTR, a great affiliate. Go ahead. Good evening, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. you got a great show. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to touch one moment on uh, immigration. Uh, 58 years ago, JFK said that America has a limited capacity for taking in immigrants. That's why we have a lawful immigration program. The problem has been occurring for what I say, 58 years, 60 years, we've had immigration problems. It was a problem back in 1960. It's a problem today. The, uh, the people that are responsible are the tenured Congress people in the House and in the Senate. Okay, the people have been there 25 and 30 years. What's, what can we do to solve it? They, people want term <laughs> limits. People want. Well, why don't you tell me what we can do to solve it? The term limit. Mm-hmm. Well, con- you think Congress is going to pass term limits? No, they're not. The, the, so the how do we get them? The power. The people so how do we the get term limits? Um, you asked me a question, and you're talking over me. So how do we get term limits? The, 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 we already have them. The people, the people set the term limits by going out and voting now, out. You just numbers. said to me we need to set term limits, and now you're telling me the people set the term limits. I thought you meant from a constitutional perspective. We all know that people have the power to vote people in and out of office. Limit. We have term limit. Thanks for your call. I, I, I can't stand it when, we can, when I can't communicate with somebody and have a conversation. It's obvious we know we have the power to vote people out of office. But when you get into states, certain, certain uh, one-party states, it becomes almost impossible, doesn't it? We have a term limit for a president of the United States. The Constitution was amended to provide for it. No president can serve more than 10 years or two terms. Period. Um, We do not have term limits for members of Congress. I think we need them desperately. 
The only way to get that is through convention of states. Congress isn't going to term limit itself. These guys like power. So it needs to come from the bottom up. And if you don't know what Convention of States is, you go to their website and read about them. Conventionofstates.com. Couldn't be simpler. I wrote an entire book on the process called the Liberty Amendments. Some people say, what do you do? I don't know what else to do. I spent 16 months writing a book explaining the process and my proposed reform amendments. There's an organization out there that breaks its back every single day uh, trying to, uh, to encourage people to participate in it. I mean, we can't do it for you. Everybody has to do it for themselves and participate in this process. There ought to be constitutional term limits. But that's not enough. There's a lot that needs to be done. We need to limit the ability of the government to borrow money. We need to limit spending to a percentage of the gross domestic product. We need to limit, as a constitutional matter, regulations in this country that that are imposed on us by unelected bureaucrats. There's a number of things we need to do. That's why I have 11 reform amendments to get people to think about these things. And I suspect it'll get bad enough in this country one day when people will embrace it. I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime or not. No way of knowing. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's go to Tom, Atlanta, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y country. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for all you do. And, you know, dictators have always got the press and the media uh, controlled and on their side. So when the big media accuses Trump of being a dictator and a Nazi and a Hitler and all this stuff, I don't think it really applies because he's gone after the big media. And so this is totally oxymoronic or paradoxical or whatever you want to say. Well, no, but this is a very interesting point. Your point would be then Barack Obama would be, and and his relationship with the media would be more akin to what they accused Trump and his relationship with the media to be. Thank you, sir. And another, just another example of leftist sinister projection. And the one more quick point, sir. The word in Latin for left is sinister, which perfectly describes everything about the left. And if we just keep that little tidbit in mind, I think that's a gift from above for us to know that, uh, then I think all will be well. Well, I'm a little rusty on my Latin, you know. But, you know, I, I, I had to go to uh, some uh, medical training, and so I learned <laughs> left and right and different words like that in Latin. Right hand is uh, mono dexter, and left hand is mono sinister. That's why oh. the nuns used to wail on us when we tried to use our left hand back in the day. All right, my friend. There you go. We learn something every day. Thank you. Let's go to Susan, Beverly Hills, California, 870 The Answer. Go. Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, okay. As I was uh, telling your screener, this has uh, been so obvious to me what the, the left is doing. They uh, started all the civil war stuff in uh, Libya, then all Arabs, Middle Eastern... Wait a minute, the left Western. in our country started the civil war in Libya? No, no. 
whoever is behind all of this. They took over uh, uh, Europe by Arab Muslims, refugees, if you remember. It wasn't that long ago. And uh, they are doing the same thing with the U.S. with... Uh, All right, my friend, I have to go. No offense. I'm not sure where we're headed with this anyway. I'll be right back. People talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Every time you go online, your internet provider and advertising companies can track what you do and sell your personal information. Plus, the NSA gobbles up virtually everything. So how can you protect yourself? Well, computer experts recommend using a VPN. VPN. So the software I use called ExpressVPN makes it super easy for anyone, anyone to stay private online. They're rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. Now these days I don't use the internet without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN's apps take just minutes to set up and afterwards run seamlessly in the background of my computer and smartphone. You install the program, then you turn on ExpressVPN protection with a single click. It can't be any easier. ExpressVPN secures and makes anonymous your internet through data encryption and hiding your IP address. This is very important. That means nobody... Nobody can record or access your online activity. So if you want to protect yourself from hackers, spy agencies, and your ISP, visit expressvpn.com slash mark. That's expressvpn, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash mark for their special offer. Three months free with a one-year package. Don't risk your online data any longer. Protect yourself. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark today. You know, there's a race for the Senate in Mississippi. It's not talked about much outside of Mississippi. And there's a gentleman running who I've always been a big fan of, and his name is Chris McDaniel, and he's running for the Senate in Mississippi. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great, Mark. Thank you for having me, sir. Well, it's my pleasure. And uh, explain to everybody in the nation, as well as in Mississippi, how this particular election works. Well, it's a special election. You might recall that in 2014, I ran against a 41-year incumbent by the name of Thad Cochran. And we defeated Mr. Cochran the first night. He came back out, and he, he scared 40,000 Democrats into a Republican primary, and they stole the race from us in 2014. Well, I remember that. Yes, sir. Just like the establishment does, they then time uh, Senator Cochran's stepping down perfectly so they can hand-select the next senator from the state of Mississippi, which so happens to be a lifetime Democrat, Hillary Clinton supporter by the name of Cindy Hyde-Smith. So they appoint her to the position, and now that means we're in a special race to fulfill the remainder of Thad's term. So four people in the race, nonpartisan, that is, no parties declared, and what happens is the top two advance to a three-week runoff after November the 6th. But the bottom line here, Mark, is here we are again. Us versus the establishment, conservatives versus the same old machine. And this time we're going to take them out. Why would the governor, Brian, I believe his name is, why would he appoint somebody who's been a lifelong Democrat, who voted for Hillary Clinton, who more recently became a Republican? Why would he appoint her to the Senate? 
Well, Mark, I think this may surprise some of your listeners, but Mitch McConnell doesn't like me very much, and I don't like him very much either. So with that mm-hmm. said, Mitch McConnell met with the governor, and his instructions to the governor were anyone but McDaniel. So sure enough, they polled all the statewides against me, and they didn't work out very well. So they finally found this one person who didn't have much name ID. The thought process was, despite the fact that she was a lifetime Democrat, we can appoint her, we can raise a whole bunch of money, we can define her as a Republican, even though she hasn't been, and she may have a great chance to win. So that's why it was. Mitch McConnell hand-selected this person to be the appointee. You know, I know uh, there's a lot of my conservative brothers and sisters out there who uh, now think the world of Mitch McConnell. I do not. I think what he did in the case of Kavanaugh is something that any Republican leader must do and should have done if they can't deliver a uh, Supreme Court position uh, when they control the majority in the Senate. I don't care how small the majority is. Uh, That would have sank the Republican Party for a decade, in my view. Now, having said that, It's actually more than that. You are a constitutional conservative. Explain your views. Well, I'll go all the way back. Uh, I was the state's lawyer against Obamacare. I represented the lieutenant governor and 10 other petitioners against Obamacare. But here are my positions, uh, I guess, outlined for you. I I believe strongly in the Constitution. I'm an originalist by orientation. I've I've read your book, Men in Black. I understand the power of the court. And the bottom line here is we've got to find people that can construe the document as originally intended. And that means rejecting this uh, living Constitution nonsense that's pushed by the likes of Kennedy and uh, Sotomayor and the like. We need to find more Scalia's, more uh, Clarence Thomas's, more individuals like Gorsuch that can stand and construe this document the way it was meant to be. And what that means simply is the federal government is way too large. It's doing way too much. Article 1, Section 8 gives it all the power it's supposed to have. All the other powers belong to the states and the people, respectively. So in every vote that we cast and every speech that we give, the idea is to decentralize the power of the federal government and give those powers back to the people. Chris McDaniel, tell us, uh, tell us about your race in Mississippi. How's it going? It's going very, very well. Obviously, the establishment, uh, they work hard to cut off our money supplies. That's one of the big fights that we always have. When you stand up against the establishment, when you push back, they punish conservatives for doing that. And yet we still have to have the courage and the guts to push back because they cannot be allowed to destroy this country the way they have over the last several years. So what happens is they turn off our spigots of money, and we have to find new ways to raise it. And despite that, despite the fact we're being outspent 10 to 1, we're still winning the race. There's at least one pack poll shows us up between 8 and 10. Other polls whispered around town show us up 2 or 3. Other polls show us down 5. The bottom line is we're winning this race. We have 5,000 volunteers on the ground. We have a superior uh, ground game, superior social media presence. And if we can just get enough help to block and tackle for the next few days, we're going to win this race outright. Now, win it outright, it's the top two vote getters, or if you get over 50 percent, you're in? Yes, sir, that's the case. Over 50 percent, we're in. Uh, but there's uh, there's good news there in any event, despite the fact if, if we just barely get under the 50 percent and we're forced into a runoff, that naturally uh, makes us the uh, the winner, and I'll tell you why. It's called enthusiasm. It's called motivation. Our base is ready to fight. They're ready to rumble, and we have a lot of people out there. They're going to vote rain, fleet, shine. It doesn't matter. So we're excited about that. So if the people around the country 
want to assist you with uh, donations. And the people in Mississippi want to assist you with donations and uh, going door to door. Where do they go? McDaniel2018.com is the website. McDaniel2018.com. And, of course, on social media, Senator Chris McDaniel on Twitter and Facebook. And I'm going to tell you something. I want you guys to think about this. If you can't find a conservative in a state like Mississippi to fight for you, where are you going to find it? New York can't do this for you. California can't do this for you. It has to be the Deep South. You send me to Washington, I will fight every day to restore our Constitution and to finally get Trump's agenda passed. No more obstructionism, Mitch McConnell. We're going to get it passed once and for all. I think people forget that so much of Trump's agenda that he requires legislation has been left on the cutting floor, including the issue of the wall and immigration and the massive spending. They give uh, they give Trump these bills that increase defense spending, which we all want, and then it increases spending across the board. And uh, this is a huge problem. Yes, sir. Listen, we want that wall built. We want term limits imposed. We want to say no to amnesty and DACA. Now's the time to find our guts again as conservatives. We have nowhere else to go. We have nothing else to surrender, nothing else to compromise. The idea that we have to chase the Democrats towards socialism is nonsense. This is our time to stand in the gap and force this country back toward liberty, back toward the right. This is for all the marbles. We cannot lose this. Chris McDaniel, what is the website again? McDaniel2018.com. McDaniel2018.com. All right, and we will post it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, so it's there. And I want all you Levinites out there, please, we have a candidate a night, maybe two a night. I strongly endorse Chris McDaniel. I think it would be a solid conservative for Mississippi. But, you know, senators vote on issues that affect all of us, all of us. And uh, I just can't imagine the people in Mississippi uh, electing somebody who was a Hillary Clinton supporter for all those years. Chris McDaniel, we wish you all the best, sir. God bless you, sir. Let's get out there and fight. Thank you. All right. Amen. Take care of yourself. Keep an eye on that race, Chris McDaniel. Very, very important. That would be a shocker. That would shake up the system. And he's got a good shot at it. He just needs some support, needs some financial support. So... I hope you'll check out my social sites and uh, link on to his site and give him some help. Every one of these candidates we're bringing on this week and next week, they need support. Otherwise, I wouldn't bring them on. And uh, there's a big debate in about an hour or so, uh, again, in Florida with DeSantis and Gillum. And uh, I'm a strong DeSantis supporter. Was an outstanding member of the House of Representatives. They immediately tried to smear him as a racist, and enough enough is enough. This guy is an Iraq war veteran. This guy went to Harvard Law School. He's done everything the right way, everything you're supposed to. Um, and uh, and more than that, he's a solid constitutional conservative capitalist. He's running against a radical, used to work for people for the American way, um, and was supported by George Soros. And the guy... Uh, Got a big push, big endorsement from the hard left, Bernie Sanders. Now he's trying to uh, to kind of dress it all up, which is what the hard left does in order to deceive as many people as, as possible. And there's a lot of independents in Florida who are falling for this. And now on top of that, we see the corruption. There was an FBI sting on the guy and his administration. Well, watch it. Just a ticket to Hamilton. Uh, you try and get a ticket to Hamilton. And you try and get a hotel, and you see what that costs, a couple of grand. And then there's Costa Rica, and there's other things, too. And then he claims 
The fact that you even raise these things means you're a racist, that you're you're talking about all African-American men this way. What? I can't I can't succeed on my own. What are you going to stereotype me when somebody hides behind that? When somebody hides behind that, you know, they're not innocent. At least in my humble opinion, just one just one man's opinion. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever thought about the word education? Means to lead forth. And the word forth raises another question. Which way is forth? How do you know you're going in the right direction? Well, the answer is easy. It depends on which way to go, right? Which way do you want to go? That's the right way. Well, not really. My friend, Dr. Larry Arndt, president of Hillsdale College, says young people must always say that. That they've been taught to say that. But you and I both know that's the wrong answer. And let me tell you about a place that leads forth, Hillsdale College. And at Hillsdale, they understand that true education means pursuing the highest answer to the question, which way is forth? Hillsdale students are challenged to discover the right way forth by reading the greatest books by the greatest minds in history. They learn the meaning of the three ultimate and related things, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Hillsdale holds a unique and important role in American education today. And I encourage all of you, my listeners, to learn more about this remarkable institution at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. That's levinforhillsdale.com. All right. Claudio, Rockford, Illinois, the great W-R-O-K. Go. Good evening, Mr. Levin. How are you? Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. A lot, of, a lot of the topics and points that you make are, are typical ingredients of what is taking place in the destruction of Europe. And unfortunately, we in the U.S. are just mirroring that image. And it, I, I believe that... Uh, that what we're seeing happening in this country is just a, um, it's just what they're seeing taking place in Europe as far as the, the, uh, what they call them, you know, that they're, they're migrants, they're, uh, uh, people coming from the Syria, Sudan, and all these regions that are going through wars. And, uh, we have the media that is destroying everything and has their opinion and agenda. And they have in Europe the EU, which is people that are wearing suits but not appointed by anybody. They are dictating what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I found very interesting a site, and I don't know if I can share it on the air with you. Well, let's not. But okay. uh, you make you make some interesting points there, and um, and you're probably not aware of this, but you're quite right in this uh, to this extent. The progressive movement. Uh, reaches to its philosopher kings in Europe, Rousseau and Hegel and Marx and Engels, among others. And also, uh, in, in uh, certain respects, the founding of this nation reaches back into Europe. Uh, to Locke and Montesquieu and Sidney and, and others, but also, of course, Aristotle and Cicero. But, but the point is, these are really two different ways of looking at humanity. One looks at humanity, one individual at a time. That's where we come from, you and I. Mm -hmm. One individual at a time. Individuals have merit. Individuals have value. Individuals have worth. They are God-given. 
God-given, God-created. And then there's another view, which is to look at the whole, the community. And if people are stepping out and they're not doing what they're expected to do for the better good, well, then those people need to be addressed and dealt with. And, of course, what happens here is a relative handful of individuals, when compared to the overall population, determine what is good for the community, whether it's good for the community or not. And this is where you get into trouble. You get into these various ideologies and theories and abstractions in which um, uh, a relative handful of individuals seek to impose their will on all of society and to destroy man's nature. And so the individual is only as good as the individual is willing to surrender his or her individuality to the greater good, to the state, because conformity and uniformity are priorities. They are primary. Now, our view doesn't view it that way. Conformity and uniformity is not the priority. As much liberty for an individual that is possible in an ordered society, in a moral ordered society, that's our model. And so you want... In addition to that, an economic system that is competitive, that is market-oriented, that is relatively voluntary, and so forth and so on, as opposed to this constant centralization of government, power uh, that is essentially seized by unelected individuals, and a will that is imposed on you rather than exercising your own will. You can see this now, your point, on the immigration front. The vast majority of Americans don't want what's taking place on the southern border, The vast majority of Americans do want the southern border secured, even those who are fairly liberal on the issue of immigration. But you have a political party and leadership in a political party that believes it must change the population. It must change the electorate. It must change the citizenry in order to have as close as possible a permanent hold on power. And that's exactly what's taking place here. That's what Merkel did in Germany. That's what's taking place. And... uh, People don't have a right to come to the United States of America. They don't have a right to come here at all. They're not even covered by our Constitution. It's the people in this country who have rights and have the right to make these determinations. And so uh, I agree with you to that extent that what's happened here on the American left is they've taken the European left, the progressive left, both of which are progenies of uh, of Hegel and Marx and, and Engels and uh, and uh, Rousseau and others, uh, and that's the that's the road they've taken, as opposed to the road we've taken, which is the enlightenment, the embrace of Western civilization, and those sorts of things. That's my roundabout kind of professorial way of agreeing with you. All right, Claudio, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. I'm going to tell you this every night, right up to election day. First of all, we're going to have an election day that is an election night program when these results start coming in. Moving from east to west, I will be here from 6 to 9 p.m. all over the country. So I think you'll want to stay with us. Secondly, you're the precinct worker in your home. You need to make sure five to ten people come out and vote. Family members, friends, colleagues, neighbors. You're in charge of the fate of this nation. Don't forget it. We salute all of you, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you. Please check out Levin TV if you get a chance. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. 